Happy Monday. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. I said DraftKings. What? What up, DraftKings? Welcome aboard to CHGO. Hello, DraftKings. Awesome to have you. They are America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. That's right. DraftKings on board now with us at CHGO. And I'm back in studio. You're wearing green. We've got your your we got we got Woot ready to roll. Everybody had a great weekend. We missed the Bears, but we didn't miss the Bears. But we're excited to take on the Patriots, kind of sort of. And uh, welcome DraftKings. And and Lawrence is in a good mood, which I yes. don't know if I've ever experienced. What? <laughs> hey now, hey now. It's that DraftKings love, you know? Yeah, loving it. Yeah, I wore the green for DraftKings today. Actually, I did not. Complete coincidence, but it works. What's up, Woot? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm, I'm watching these games, and, and especially one that sticks out to me that, that has me very frustrated is the Giants. They continue to win. Oh. And if you look at it, man, the Giants and the Bears are very similar, right? The, the, the one thing that they do better is they play better defense and run defense. Because you look at, you know, the pressure, they only have two more sacks than the Bears have at this point, right? So I'm, I'm looking at this, at, at this Giants team, and I'm like, hats off to their coaches, right? Because They've had basically the same roster as the Bears. Lack of weapons at receiver. They have a great running game. You know, the O-line has been suspect at times. But what have they done? They've stuck to their guns. They do what, what works. And they've shielded Daniel Jones, right? This is a franchise that, that was treating Daniel Jones like he was Mitchell Trubisky here, right? And they're 5-1 and one right now. And everyone's saying they're the new Tennessee Titans, right? A team that can manage the game. Limit the turnovers, rely on your running game, and play great defense. And that's what I thought the Bears were going to be from the beginning of the season. That's what I thought they would do, and they haven't done that. So it has me very frustrated at this point. All right, so we know how Woot spent his uh, Bears this weekend, being frustrated about <laughs> some teams in New York. Carm, did you enjoy your Bears this weekend? I, I did. We, uh, you know, I invited uh, you to come golfing with me. You didn't come on Saturday, so we, we no. had to, you know, go off the board and uh, – Shout out to, uh, to 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 Parkins and Powell and and Brand for the four lot. I was absolutely hurt atrocious, and I want to uh, uh, apologize for everybody that that round went from four to five hours mainly because well, of me. What time did you tee off, by the way? We teed off at ten twenty-seven. Okay, beautiful. so it would have been forty-one degrees. It was cold. It was cold, but we earned it. And and there was that we had cigars, we had cocktails, and we warmed that thing up in a in a in a fine job. Who would have been there? Woot's smiling. He would. I, I, I feel it. I, I would. I would have been there. I'm, I'm actually getting out later today. You know, I got. I got a two thirty tea time with, with a couple of uh, my neighbors, and then one of my boys. We're gonna get out. It's gonna be uh, fifty two, so it'll be a little bit better than that forty one. But uh, yeah, we might have a couple of drinks. Uh, you know, maybe play a little skins game. You know, you never know. And just for the record, I, I say this lovingly. I don't like golf. I don't really want to be out there at all. <laughs> Parkin started the whole thing, so I said yes. And then I looked at the weather. I'm like, Are you nuts? It's gonna. I mean, I yeah. would have said no if I had thought about it. But I was. I was there for the hang, baby. I was in. I, I've turned down the uh, Danny Parkins, Mark Carvin. <laughs> That's a golf experience twice now. Twice. I know. With, I feel with, bad. With, about can I, can I, no hesitation. Can I ask one thing, Carm. I, yeah. I want to. I want to see. What, what do you normally shoot, or do you just not? You don't keep score. I I probably keep track of like four holes, to be <laughs> honest. Like I, I, you know, 
when, once it goes south and on this particular day, like I had a nine on hole one, I'm like, that's it. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. It's over. And so I don't, but I'm a great, I'm a great add to the foursome because if I don't find my ball or if I'm having a bad hole, I just, I, I gladly get back in the cart, hang out. Y'all can finish up. Let's go. I'm not going to slow you down. And then when I'm playing well, I'm, 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 I'm in there. I'm, I'm, I'm knocking balls close to the tee. I can get hot. There's like a four, four hole round, four holes in within the round that I'm hot. And that's about it. Cause you know, athlete, I like it. I like it. athlete. <laughs> <laughs> you know, athlete. sure. All right. Uh, you know, I, first of all, I'm just glad to be back in studio. I'm starting to feel like a little bit of a uh... Corey. If you ever had, if you're six games into the season and you played in all six, but weren't 100% for like three of them, you know, you're playing hurt. Like, how do you feel about that? Cause that's basically been my season so far. I've now, uh, you know, been sick for three out of the six Bears games. One of them, I didn't even have a voice, which was uh, which was rough. <laughs> I, like, I'm starting to question my availability. Yeah, I've that was good for a podcast. Dependable over the yeah. years, and now I'm not. Uh, you know, you're telling on yourself right now, but you know, behind the scenes, we have been questioning <laughs> Woot. Like, here's this guy yes. who's. Uh, you know the effort has is just not been there, really. I mean, when you look around the league, vocal strain. I, I lost my voice. I don't have honey. I don't have tea. Like, what? Come on, bro. Like, what? what is I mean, did, did you did you see what what went on with the Buffalo Bills yesterday and what Jordan Poyer was willing to do? Dude had a collapsed lung. He drove 15 hours from Buffalo to Kansas yeah. City, played in every bit of the game with his family, and then drove back home to be there. You, on the other hand, no, no, wait a minute here, <laughs> because 19-year-old Adam Hogue once had a collapse lung and still went to the Wisconsin-Michigan game that day against the advice of his doctors. That's 19-year-old Hogue. Okay. We're talking about yeah. today Hogue. We're talking about two and four Bears Hogue. We're talking about You're a talking season. talking about family man, though. Family man Hogue, right? Hey, Nowadays, you got, you got to think of, he's got kids. He's got to think about the, the future, right? You know, at 19, he wasn't thinking about the future. Now he's got yeah. wives, he's got kids. A lot yeah. more to think about. I've had the pads on, ready to go, still playing every week. That's all I gotta say. I mean, yes and no. On on the live watch the other day, you're like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. I'll see you at halftime. Uh, you, oh, you, whatever. Your technology didn't work, damn it. You you you're like <laughs> Mr. Technology. You've been ahead of technology since the beginning of time. You you could have hung in. You're like, nah, I'll see you at halftime. And of course, made the right call. of course, you yeah. led an amazing post game show. It was a great job, and we loved every yeah. bit of the watch party. And we're gonna. I think it sounds like we're gonna do uh, perhaps another watch at I'm some ready point. To go. I also forgot how green this sweatshirt looks when I actually wear it you on are, the show. It's been about five or six months since I've worn it on the show and. It, I forgot how green it is. Well, somebody yelled that you look like a highlighter, but I think I actually think you look adorable. I'm a little jealous. And then you got as many many loafs as Mustafer. Dang man, yeah, they, was, they're coming yeah. for your neck today, bro. They really are. <laughs> That's all right. I'll and, take and, it. I'm here. And and bully bears just because Poyer hired a driver, he he did what he had to do to get the job done. And he didn't actually hire the driver. The team told him, "Hey, we'll hook you up with the driver," which I'm sure. Hey guys, real, yeah. Real quick. So what what do you think the most brave performance ever is? Like like unselfish person. It's got to be like Ronnie Lott cutting off his pinky, right? Like that's dedication. Like that's love of the game. Like your pinky is never the same after that, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm cutting off any extremities just to 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 stay in the. Uh, next week's show, if that's the problem. If for some reason my pinky's <laughs> the issue next week. I, I thought the, the, the pinky thing was straight terrifying. I'm like, please, you, you have a life to live. Don't cut off your finger for a football game. A bad idea. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I also put, 
Corey, like the, some of these quarterbacks that have played through literally broken ribs, right? Like, and I know you could play with it. You can get shot up with the painkillers and everything, but that is painful, and you know you're taking shots regardless. You can't breathe, right? You can't breathe, yeah. right? Your breath, your wind is, is affected. But how about Phillip Rivers in that in that um, uh, playoff game, right, where he tore his ACL, and they're like, nah, oh, Phillip, yeah. you're done. He said, he said, put a brace on it. I said, and and that's when everything happened with Jay Cutler. How they were saying, well, Philip Rivers tore his ACL. Like, how come Jay Cutler can't go out there with an MCL uh, sprain or tear? So that was that was the big thing. Like Philip, I mean, that's pretty gutsy to go out there with a torn ACL where you can really jack up the rest of your knee, right? Because of the instability of it. So, I mean, that's that's up there with Ronnie Lotz as far as a gutsy performance. This is where hockey players, like I, can give them a lot of credit because it's like every year when the Stanley Cup Finals over. All of a sudden, it's like you find out about three players that were playing with like right your torn ligaments and all kinds of things for like months, and you're like, well, "You did what? You didn't have a leg, and you were still <laughs> out there." Like that's that's hockey level. But since you're yeah. bringing up other sports, I mean, we we I mean, now we've got to now I mention know where he's going. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to mention the Jordan flu game. I mean, the the dude got went through a bad pizza and the flu to drop 38 <laughs> on the Jazz. I just did it for, just just yeah, to yeah. get that look. If first you could, of all. It's the flu, and he was probably hung over. He, yeah. uh, you take from that the golf back. Course. You take that back right now. Not Jordan cool. was not drinking before Game Five Ninety Seven. Might have been playing some cards. What, what, what and was that? Was that one story about him uh, golfing with? Was it was with Jeremy, Jeremy Roenick or, or some yeah. hockey player? Yeah, yeah, right. He went out there. They did eighteen early in the morning. They had they had a twelve pack, and then proceeded to have another twelve pack and run it back before he had to be there. And, and put up 50 or 60? Yeah, they, Unbelievable. Yeah, I think he scored 50-something points. Far be it for me to not fully believe the Jeremy Roenick story, but I somehow don't think that Jordan was drinking 12 beers before playing hoop. But maybe he was. Maybe he was. I, I think he was, man. Like, so those those athletes back in the day, they are a different breed. Like, legit. Like, look at LT. Look at LT. Before pre-workout, he had the ultimate pre-workout. You know what I'm that, saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But that's like okay. But uh, by the way, this podcast is, is off the rails now. I think rails make sense in that sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I well, what's you. what's the craziest thing you ever saw in a locker room, Wood? I don't know if you can name names of like this dude can't walk, and now he's got some trainer that's or or whatever. There's some level of shot pill something going on that's that's allowing so and so to play. Well, I, I think one time when uh, when Julius Pepper sprained his MCL, right, and we thought he was going to be out for a couple weeks, and I think he played, I think it was uh, when we played um, the Redskins, I believe, when Donovan McNabb was the quarterback there, but they, they thought he was going to be out for a couple weeks, and, you know, him being the superhuman he is, he puts on a brace, and he runs down Donovan McNabb for a sack, and I was just, like, amazed. I'm like, this dude is a freak of nature, right? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, most guys would be out for a couple weeks or, you know, be limited or, or have, have the lack of speed or change of direction. It was like nothing ever happened to him, you know? And, and that's how he was throughout his career. I remember there was one play when he played for the Panthers. They were playing the Falcons. And, I mean, he looked like he got his ACL, like, torn. Like, he got he, – basically the same thing that happened to Kavion Thibodeau early in the season happened to Julius Peppers. Right. And I'm like, Oh, his ACL is done. They said he had a mild MCL sprain after that. I was like, this guy is superhuman, but yeah, that, that was probably the the greatest example I've seen. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many guys played through things. Like, like you said, like with the hockey players at the end of the season, you're like, Oh, this guy had a torn labrum in his hip. His shoulder was popping out every game, but never complained about it. Um, 
it's just got, got there's there's a certain breed of guys that never talk about uh you know stuff that happens you know it's, especially some of the guys on, on the defense that i play with like they were just like listen if this is happening to me i'm just gonna grind it out through the season you know i'm gonna have surgery no one's gonna know about it and then i'm gonna come back to the next season and ball out and that's that's kind of how that that defense was when i was there i'm, I'm trying to think of who it was but a couple of years ago northwestern had a player i want to say it was maybe one of their offensive linemen Pretty much every game, his shoulder popped out, and he was just running. They would run. He would run into the. They'd pop it back in. He'd go right back out. It happened like every week, like the whole season. And it was like, man, this dude. That's the type of stuff you see when you're down there. It's yeah. it's crazy. My 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 guy, our guy, uh, Ed Obradovich, we're talking about back in the day. They'd get on the. They'd be at thirty thousand feet up, flying back. He'd be sitting the last row of that the, the Bears playing. Doctors would come in. Shoot the left shoulder, shoot the right shoulder after every game because they he couldn't. That was it. Could couldn't do it. Uh, How about Broadway Joe? Broadway Joe, right? Like, I mean, his knees were awful. Like yeah. they, they were saying how they had to shoot him up before every game. You know, the painkillers. I think I think he would be drinking too before games just to kind of numb it. Like it was it was unbelievable uh, the things that people did. And I think people are realizing now that like, listen, there's there's more to life than football. Obviously, you want to put everything on the line when you're healthy and ready to go. But I think staying healthy and and thinking about the life after football, I think that's what a lot of guys now are are thinking about, especially with the concussions and whatnot. I, I want to re- rewind back two seconds ago, which also ties into like the football player of today versus the football player of yesterday. Kayvon Thibodeau, his dream was to sack Lamar Jackson, and so he gets him yesterday, and then he says after the game that he was crying on the field because. You know, he, he he hit that moment in his life, and he was in the NFL, and he had this thing, and he's like, and he's like, real men do cry, and I'm like, I'm here for it. Like, I, I you know, you know, I, I I watch, you know, I I sit there and cry in movies, and you know, I cry when I make my bed. I'm so proud of myself or whatever. But like, <laughs> the, but football <laughs> football players like say that they cried after sacking Lamar. I'm like, I don't know how that resonates in a locker room, like. And uh, and even with 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 our you know just fans period, dude dudes weeping after uh, a moment. I mean, it's it's it just feels like a whole different thing here to what we're talking about. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people are like, listen, I understand you crying if you're winning a Super Bowl or you know you're you're going to the N- NFC Championship or you win the NFC Championship, you're going to the Super Bowl. Like, but in that situation, a lot of people were roasting them about it. And and sometimes you just never know what somebody's going through, right? He he had he had a rough preseason. He, he had that injury, right? Not not sure of how he's going to come back. And he comes back the first couple of games, and he's okay. And this was kind of like his breakout game. So I understand like being in New York and the pressure and the scrutiny of him being you know a top ten pick and really not performing. And then he has the critical you know sack fumble to end the game. It was probably like man, I just had my first sack against Lamar Jackson. I'm, and he's emotional about it, so I get it. But I, people people were roasting him left and right about it because, like, this ain't the Super Bowl. Well, and that gives us a good segue back to the Giants and what you started the show with, Woot. Because I, I, I have to admit, I've been thinking about Brian Dayball a lot, right? Like, I, I think of all the other coaching candidates that were in this pool for the Bears to potentially go after – Dayball was the one that, like, just made so much sense that probably the fans were behind the most. It was just like, here's this year's big up-and-coming offensive coach um, who you compare with Justin Fields. Now, I think, there, to be fair, there are also a lot of fans against that because of what they've just gone through with Matt Nagy, right? But 
now the Giants are 5-1, and one, and Dayball's been – that coaching staff has looked pretty good, including in the game they beat the Bears. Now, we are a long ways away from determining which of these coaches from this coaching cycle were, you know, the good ones. I want to remind everyone that after 2018, not only in Chicago, but probably most of the league were like, oh, Matt Nagy's the next up-and-coming you know, coaching star. He was the coach of the year. So a 5-1 and one start for Brian Dable doesn't mean anything. But what I do have to say... I think it means a little, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> for Bears fans looking at this, they've been punished so many times and been on the wrong end of this so many times that I cannot blame a Bear fan right now if they're like, come on, is this the guy we're going to have to watch for like the next 10, 15 years be the next great coach in the NFL when we could have hired him? Right, like the Patrick Mahomes of head coaches, because that would just be such a bears thing to have happen. I am a Flus fan. <laughs> I I like my Matt Eberflus. I like the steely eyed Flus. But if we're naming what is, Dayball is cooler. His energy is more fun. He's winning with Daniel Jones. And Saquon didn't even have a big day yesterday. Uh, and logically, hey, these are the options out there. You've got this dude who took Josh Allen when he came in the league, and most people thought he was a bust as, as, as the seventh overall pick, and now some people are saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes, after, which is an insane comment, but the guy's playing out of his mind. That was a great win for the Bills yesterday. He did that with that dude. That guy's out there. Or you could take this 30-year career assistant who's a defensive coach. Which one do you want? That's not exactly rocket science. And, like, give me the offensive stud. I mean, it just logically, if you were were lining them up, you would would think most people would say, I'll take Dable. And he's off to a great start. Yeah, it seems like that. And and look what he did for Josh Allen, right, with his his career. I mean, he was was integral in, in getting him to the level that he is right now. You know, a lot of from the game planning. And like I said, Daniel Jones, the New York media has been has been tossing them to the side. They've been treating him like Mitch Trubisky, like how we treated him in Chicago. Right. And look what he's done with them. He's surround like they do not have talent. Like you can make an argument. The Bears have more talent at receiver than the Giants do currently. Like you can make that argument all day. And everyone says, well, the defense. And I'm like, you look at their defense. Right. People talk about um, Ojalari. Right. He had eight sacks last year. We look at Travis Gibson. Right. He had seven sacks off the bench. Right. Al-Kadim Muhammad had his breakout season with, with six sacks, right? Justin Jones has flashed at times. And everyone says, well, Thibodeau, he really hasn't done that much with the exception of this game. You know, you look at uh, Lawrence, that was kind of a long shot. Last year he had two and a half sacks. He's kind of having his breakout year. So we are pretty similar matched up to them. I think that the edge right now is coaching. That's That's the biggest thing because we can make an argument, like I said, that we have more talent at the receiver position than the Giants. Like Kenny Galladay, where has he been, right? Well, Sterling Shepard's done for the season. So the, the receiving thing is interesting too because uh, yesterday Wandale Robinson got in the end zone, had a bunch of catches. Now he's been hurt, but yeah. that's a guy the Bears could have drafted for I the liked, record. I liked him coming out. And, and, you know. and for everyone saying in the chat that they, they had no chance against against Dable, that was a tag team. The, the right, Bears could have hired Joe Shane. You yeah, can, you, you, you could say, "Oh, they couldn't get him because Joe." You could have hired Joe Shane. Yeah, and and, and he's a a, a a local-ish guy. I'll call him Elkhart, Indiana. Yeah. You know, right. like right. um, 
you know, he he knows Ryan McGuffey, which is good enough for me. Right. You there know, we go. If you know Guff, you're my guy. Shout out Guff. So, Let's but, go but, DePa. You know, I think, <laughs> what did you say? Let's go DePa. Oh, yeah, DePa. Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, and, and the other part of this, too, is, look, all I'm saying is this is something that we will track over time. I'm not saying it's a done deal. I don't think Flus has done really anything wrong to this point to be, like, upset about the hire. Um, and I understood to some extent why the Bears went the way they did. But it, it goes back to, to do you think there was a shift, too much of a shift of, oh, we need to go back to what worked back in the Lovey days and while at the same time being scared of essentially going down a similar track of what you just went through with Matt Nagy by hiring that offensive guru who had never been a head coach before – and my response to that as we were talking this all out back in January when the coaching search was going on was you can't compare Brian Dable to Matt Nagy. You just can't. Brian mm. Dable has been through many different coaching staffs, raised by Bill Belichick, a five-time Super Bowl champion, by the way, who also <laughs> went and learned from Nick Saban for a year and went through that whole, you know, internship that a lot of these coaches have been going through for a year. Like, so Matt Nagy was like, Andy Reid, this is the only thing I've ever been exposed to. Coming from Patrick Mahomes, didn't have Patrick Mahomes in Chicago. Like, I, I think Brian Dable has been much more proven to this point, and I'm not surprised at all by his success, Woot. And, and the thing is, what I've talked about is Matt Nagy didn't call the plays in Kansas City, right? That was Andy Reid's show. Brian Dable actually called the plays in Buffalo. So that's he had experience as a play caller. So Matt Nagy had this false notion that he was the reason for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That wasn't because of him. So, yeah, I, I because before the season, everyone was talking about it like, um, you know, what would you rather have Justin Fields or Daniel Jones? And everybody on all the media outlets were saying, I'd, ra I'd rather have my shot to coach Justin Fields. I think his upside is way more. I think he's more talented, what he can do uh, with his feet as well. So I think Brian Dable would have entertained that idea, right, as long as they could have got the GM in. But I think, I think Justin Fields is the more talented quarterback. Right now, the main difference is the way they're play calling for him. Daniel Jones isn't lighting it up, and I didn't expect Justin Fields to light it up this year, but I thought they would script for success for him. And that's something that Lou Getze has been up and down with, right? You talk about everything going against them. Yeah, we have a suspect O-line. We don't have the weapons. Giants, Giants are similar position, right? It's just they've scripted for success for Daniel Jones and relied on what they do well. I, just to be a complete meathead for a moment here. Look, the Giants were 4-13 and last year. The Jets were 4-13 and last year. The Bears won. And this is... Whatever. It might even be better for the Bears if we're going out in the distance to have a bad year, get a high draft pick, hit on that, have a huge year in free agency, and all of a sudden, like, you know, this could be fool's gold for both New York teams. But right now, I'm just sitting there like, Giants are 5-1, and one, the Jets are 4-2, and two, the Jets are going into Lambeau, Sauce Gardner's running around with a cheese head that, that one of the Jets Amazing. fans gave to him. It's taunting Green Bay. I'm jealous of the Jets and the Giants. They're having a lot of fun over there. We're sitting here. We got the bear showing up on the postgame show having, a, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, the press bear. And, by the way, uh, both those teams, the Packers just lost to both of those teams. Right. I mean, so. and, 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 exactly. and the, the, 
the Jets just went up there and their quarterback threw for 99 yards. And they, they beat they kicked Green Bay's ass. Yeah. And then he hugged Because of the defense, Carm. The defense. That's that's the most disappointing uh, thing to me. I don't know for, for you guys, but the defense, right? Defensive-minded head coach and how to help a young quarterback. Just stop the run. The, the sacks, it really doesn't matter because you look at what the Giants are doing. They're not really sacking the quarterback at crazy numbers. They have 13 for the year. We have 11. But it's about stopping the run. So I, I, I'm going to suggest like this, right? Some of the backup defensive tackles, maybe we should play them at end in base situations because we are struggling against that edge run, right? You, you talk about, you know, that, that might be a solution to stopping some of those edge runs. You get a guy that's, that's a three technique that is, that is whooping a tight end or a tackle's butt every time, setting the edge. Maybe, maybe that's the recipe. You know, you work with what you have right now. And I think that might be a solution on base downs right now. All right, we got to take a, a break, um, but there's also a trade that just happened in the NFL I think we got to discuss because um, – You'll hit Robbie coming right after you tell us something very important. Yep. Um, so stand by on that one. But first, you know, I love when we have sponsors with products that I've already used before and, actually, you know, that, that enjoy already. You know, I've already used them in life before they became a sponsor of CHO. And Shady Rays is one of those because – I have been a fan of Shady Ray sunglasses for a while now, and they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it, and the reality is you don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Ray's have you covered. They have premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle check them out on their website bunch of different styles that you can find um, and the best part is this is really the best part they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your shades on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked you drop them in a lake which i have done with more expensive <laughs> sunglasses than Shady Rays, and they're like, eh, too bad. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, in this case, if you drop them in a lake, you drop them off of a cliff, anything you want to do with them, they will replace them. Uh, and this is exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. So you buy one. You get one free. You can get two pairs of sunglasses for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com uh, where you can find all their newest and best shades. And if you're getting fired up like I am for uh, the Bulls home opener coming up Saturday versus the Cavs, by the way, uh, road opener on Wednesday, but the way to get into your Saturday night United Center is the is through Game Time tickets and download the Game Time app, which I'm looking at right now. And I, if I was going up top, I'd probably go for a three 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 row seven. Uh, but you know, it's opening night; you might as well splurge, go downstairs. But hey, whether you want to sit up top, courtside, they've got actually a flash deal on it right now, second row. If you got some money to spend and you love the NBA, uh, bottom line, Game Time is the hottest new tic- ticketing site that makes it easier than ever. Score the best deals on tickets, sports, concerts, and shows. If you love CHGO, you're gonna love Game Time. Best way to support us by buying your tickets through the link in the YouTube description underneath here, and you can join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time app. 
score the best seats to your favorite events, which you should have used game time, by the way, to go see Chris Rock on Saturday night, because at the sh- which is now passed, but you should go see him in San Antonio or somewhere else. The Chris Rock show was so unbelievable. I I, I was in full uh, two hours of, of, of laughter. That was the... When that, did you go? He was here from like Thursday to Sunday. I went Saturday night. It was... Uh, it was it was outrageous. I mean, he talked about Will. He, he he had some just insane viewpoints on what society is right now, and he just, I mean, it was it was electric, is what it was. I I, I was a, it was a great 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 show. I'm not like Mr. Comedy Man that I, that I could compare it to a bunch of other comedy shows, but uh, that was that was I an awesome comedy. experience. I, I would have enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was I we had we had a laugher behind me too. I mean, she, she was she was going. From the minute he started that, like, the loud laugher behind you, which I think actually adds on to it. Yeah, sure, as long as she's not a heckler, which I've, <laughs> no, which I've still, seen, too, with those comments. Com- exactly. There was no heckling. No. That's, little, I've seen That's so annoying when, when people start heckling people. You're like, dude, yeah. just shut up. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's They the think worst. they're part of the show, and they just start, like, responding to everything, and you're like, okay, just get out of here. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. well. It's trade. What? Trade, wide receiver. Yeah, big trade. <laughs> well, I don't know how big of a trade it is, but it is a wide receiver who has been traded. Uh, if you are paying attention yesterday, you might have seen Robbie Anderson kicked out of the Panthers game by his own coach, new interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, said bye-bye, go away. And now they shipped him across the country. Because they probably read his comments, the dumbest comments I've ever heard. Why should I not be mad that you're taking me out on third down? I have pride in my performance that I should be out there on third down, so that's why I got mad at the coach, and that's I'm allowed to say that. Dude, what are you talking about? Like, right, everybody on this field or on the bench on both sides, everybody wants to be on the field. They all believe in their talents. They're all in the NFL. You think you're different? <laughs> like what, 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 what? I, I that just that's I, I, I kind of appreciate the way the Panthers handle it. Well, um, he was booted from the game. Yeah, obviously, there's more to that. You don't just you know make a decision like that off of one thing that happens in one game and then trade him the next morning to Arizona, which is uh, what happened. The Cardinals get an extra weapon here with Robbie Anderson. I don't know if he's necessarily the solution to all the Bears' problems, but, you know, even though he's a guy that catches you about 50 balls a season, he had one season where he, he went up to 95, I think, uh, with Carolina, but yeah. he, he probably would have been the second-best wide receiver on the Bears. Yeah, if, if, if not, if not, maybe the first. You know, if, if they could have scripted for him, right? I, I would, I would have liked DJ Moore to be honest. I think he's younger. I think his his upside is there. Um, but yeah, Robbie Anderson. Like I've heard from a lot of people, you know, within the league that he's could could be a locker room cancer, and you, you don't want that with a young team. You know, um, I, I think some of his comments before about Sam Darnold and some other people. It's kind of revealing, you know, like whatever, whatever is going on on the field or whatever, you really don't throw your quarterback or any of your teammates under the bus, right? You, you take accountability yourself and you always shield your teammates, right? That's the mark of a good teammate. And I understand people get frustrated and, you know, if, if it's on the sideline, if, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, letting it be known that you're frustrated, yeah, it's one thing, but never in the media, you don't throw anybody under the bus. You just don't do that as a teammate. So... Where do we think the Bears are at on uh, on DJ Moore? Well, I think, the, I don't first think of all, the, the more important thing is where are the Panthers? I don't think the Panthers want to trade him based on what was reported yesterday. 
over done okay so i don't yeah so i think i think that's a i don't i don't think he's yeah i don't think he's gonna get traded and okay you gotta trade so yeah i i they're 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 one of the things i i read yesterday was that they want to keep certain pieces around there to make sure it's an attractive job for a coach to take which makes sense like you don't want to just have a fire sale and there's nothing there for a new new coach is gonna come and be like i'm gonna be fired in two years because there's no talent here Exactly. So, yeah, that's why I think they let Robbie Anderson go because he's going to make too much money. So I think they're like, he's really not productive right now. Let's let's let him go. Um. So before we get you, we let you get out of here, we wanted, one of the things we want to talk about is just I I think there's been this assumption that all right the Bears have all this cap space, you know they ha- finally have a first round pick again this year coming up that despite their struggles right now that a year from now they can be contenders. What I'm starting to wonder and worry about, though, as we watch some of these games, is that the talent on this roster might have been worse than I thought. And specifically, this came up on Hogan Johns this morning, and and one of the questions I was asked was, like, who are the young pieces on this team that you know you can build around? Like, know that you can build around, not hope Mm -hmm. to build around. But, like, that you're yeah. actually sitting here, like, today and going, I know Jalen Johnson is a stud corner. Definitely don't want to. Right? Like, that's yep. one example. Thing. Yep. I don't know how many other examples there are, Woot. So, the, like, is it even realistic to say, oh, they could just spend money this offseason, all of a sudden they're a contender in the NFC North next year? I don't know if we could possibly say that yet because, like, <laughs> every year, right, people load up with weapons and then, then the record, you know, doesn't indicate what they did, right? So – that's that's the most disappointing for me because I'm like, listen, I always bring that Giants example, but like your your time is now, whether it's a rebuilding year or not, right? You have to be competitive and do the best you can with with the talent you have. You know, I think the coaching and game planning has, has been one thing, but yeah, I, I think there's a couple pieces for the Bears, back to what you're saying, that, that can be there for for the future. I think, you know, like you said, Jalen Johnson is one of them. I think two our two running backs. I think hopefully if we can work out something with Montgomery. Price might be the issue, but uh, Khalil Herbert, I think he could be here. You know, um, I think Tevin Jenkins, I think he's somebody that that continues to get better and continue improving. I think he'll be a stable on the offensive line. Um, Braxton Jones, I'm, I'm really not sure of. Maybe on the right side. I think right now he, he's, he's doing an okay job at times. Last week he really got exposed, right? Um, so I, I don't know necessarily if he's your left tackle of the future. He's the left tackle of the current, right? But I think we need to solidify that position. And then I guess we'll see what, what happens with Roquan. He's a young guy. If, if we can get a deal worked out, or are we going to franchise him? Um, I think Brisker is a guy that can be here for years. I've, I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, th- those are the guys right now that I'm, you know, and I think Darnell Mooney too, I think, especially at the number two receiver position, not number one, but I think at the number two, I think he could be a viable option there. So I think those guys are the ones I see, you know, staying for the future. One of the names that didn't come up there, unless I apologize if I missed it, but Roquan Smith? Which, which no, is I said, Ro- yeah, I said, I said Roquan. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So you did yeah. say that. But, I, said but like, we, I said if we get a deal worked out, yeah. And so that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he's – I don't – in five out of the six games, I'd argue he hasn't played like a guy that I would give $100 million to it, it, to it, make sure he's a part of this. So I, I – you know, 
if, if you do want to go down the road of the deeper rebuild of let's acquire picks, he's really the only piece you have. Trade deadline is in two weeks. Well, you go ahead. If, if I can make one argument, right? So Roquan hasn't performed the way that we know, right? And, and now I'm thinking about it, right? As, as a defense and the front seven working together, right? The Tampa two is based off the defensive line and linebackers working together, right? Defensive line getting penetration, helping out the, the linebackers. So the defensive line, they haven't done a good job in, in the run game at all. They're not getting penetration, not getting off blocks. So Maybe a little bit of that is is Roquan having to play behind that D-line. That's not getting penetration. I guarantee you if they had a dude there at three technique, we, we'd be talking about a different – if we had a, a defensive line in general that was penetrating, we'd be talking about a different Roquan. I believe that, right? So it's, it's really hard when guys are running at you um, and, and cutting you off and getting at the second level quicker than they normally would if you, if you had a better D-line play up front. So I think that's – what a lot of this is while we're not seeing Roquan really stand out like he used to, right? I, I thinking back about it, I think that's that's the main reason why. I get the argument. If you can get something for Roquan and you don't want to pay him the dollars that he's going to get, okay. But who's the best player on the Chicago Bears right now? Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I think it's Jalen Johnson. That's what I was going to say. Okay, who's the second best player? Probably Roquan, right? I, I I might say David Montgomery. Trenton Gill. Trenton Gill's <laughs> an interesting call. But, but I, I, okay. guess, I guess you could, yeah. If that's fine. We we can we can make an argument. You you can you can say Jalen Johnson, you can say David Montgomery, but like Ro, Roquan is right there. He's he, you can easily argue that he's one or whatever. You can lo- slot him at three. You you'd be getting rid of one of your best players who's entering the prime of his career who can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. Okay. Now, they granted, just trade him? I have not. Tuesdays, Tuesday's the day we go through my grades. So I have not inputted this past game's data in yeah. here yet. But here's a list of players that I have so far just this season. And the evaluation on Roquan should be big picture more than just these six games. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But just to answer your question, yeah. based on how they've played this season, here's a list of players I have who have played better than Roquan Smith so far. Cairo Santos, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Eddie Jackson. Um, this is probably going to change after this game, but Braxton Jones I actually had up there. Justin Jones, which I want to ask you about, Wooten, because you're kind of yeah. disappointed in three technique right now, but I feel like Justin Jones has been solid. Definitely Jalen Johnson. Definitely Cody Whitehair before he got hurt. I have Travis Gibson up there. I still don't understand why he doesn't play more. Darnell Mooney. Uh, Trenton Gill, your guy. You can't the, the tell point me is, that Darn- I'm, <laughs> Yes, these are guys that, in my opinion, have played better than Roquan Smith so far this season. Dude, Darnell Mooney dropped a touchdown pass that could have won them the game. I, like I sh- said, these <laughs> past weeks' grades were not in here yet. I, I, I yeah. Go oh, ahead, hold on. Co- wait, counterpoint. Roquan got run over by Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, like, there's so, so, right, issues. Though, on- I, I listen, that was bad optics, and if you wanted to trade him in that moment, I, in, in that particular moment, I would have said dump him right there. But, like, let's not. Oh, so you're a trade him at its lowest point, lowest value guy. No, I'm, a, I'm a, an emotional. You can't get knocked over by Carson Wentz. That's ridiculous. 50, you know, what are you, what are you doing, Roquan? That can't, that can't happen. By the way, Wentz might be out for uh, a while here with the ring finger, so. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess, I I guess for me, like I I see the value there with Roquan. I I think it's just been tough with him playing a new position 
and then all of a sudden behind that defensive line because we we look at the tape they they really have not set the line of scrimmage especially in the run game so I think it's it's hard to fully evaluate them you know when when blockers are on them a lot quicker than if we would have had a, a more stout front in my opinion so, so Woot, help me out here because am I am I just oh am I overvaluing Justin Jones which is fine tell me if I am but oh, he's no. the one guy in the line who I feel like has been playing pretty well but you brought up the great point that really you need a dominating three technique to really get the linebackers playing at their top level. I thought he's, he's played well this season, to, to be honest, right? In the sack game, on, on, on some of the games that they've had, uh, playing the run at times. But I think he's just a really strong guy. I, that, that's what's evident out there. But I think the get-off is not there for what you want in the Tampa 2 scheme, right? You want a guy that's getting off the ball. And you remember those days when, when I played with Tommy Harris and Henry Melton. Like the thing that would stand out, and I don't know if you know, like I remember we just used to watch our, our coach, Rod Manet, would just watch the get off of everybody. And he, like sometimes he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even worry about the rest of the play. He's like, I know if you guys get off, everything's going to take care of itself, right? Because penetration and all that is destroying everything. So I just don't see when, 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 I, when I slow down the tape and I look at the get off, I don't see it there, right? But Justin Jones, I think he's done a pretty good job. But then when you have to talk about the rotation, then the guy coming in for him, we're just not seeing the same thing. And then I think the biggest thing right now is is our, our defensive end and edge run support. That's the key. Because when it goes up the middle to, to Justin Jones and company, there's stuff in those inside runs. It's when we get to the outside uh, runs. And that's why I brought up the point, hey, maybe some of these backup three techniques, let's put in base downs, especially on that left side of the formation, to be a real stout run defender, right? And then sub in Travis Gibson in, in past situations. Right. Why not at this point? So I, I don't understand that, you know, like like game planning. Right. Like you look at what the Giants done. Jihad Ward, he's been a defensive tackle his whole career. Right. And they said, no, he's a real stout run defender. Let's play him on the edge. And he's been lights out there. Yeah. Right. I, like I, I would have rather kept Kyrus Tonga, honestly, like I, I, know he's not I, I know he's not an ideal fit for this defense, but. The, the dude, to me, was it would, would stuff guys. It's like, he, he was a hard guy to That's move and he would stop the run. That, that's what you need, and that's what they're struggling with now. And, um, you know, like I said, the edge run defense has been awful. Like, teams yeah. are like, we're just going to – and you look at the last game against Washington. I think it really got minimized because we controlled the time possession. If they had the time possession, oh, they, they would have rushed for 200 yards easy. That outside zone run was getting us every time. Do you think that's coaching or guys are just not good enough? I think, I think it comes down to coaching, in my opinion. I, I think, like, like I said, Rod Marinelli, Rod Marinelli, you say this. Listen, I can teach a guy off the street how to play the run, right? That's attitude, that's determination, that's want to, right? I think it's right now about, about the coaching, right? They're not putting these – they're not instructing these guys correctly, right? And they're not game planning around it. You know in certain formations, like in that, in that um, Vikings game, right, when Travis Gibson and, and uh, Gordon had that tackle for loss, right? They ran a stunt right into that uh, outside uh, zone, right? That was a great game plan thing. So why not do a little bit more of that if you know somebody's tendencies to get things going? And then all of a sudden you get this defense a little bit of confidence, you know, because people could talk about the roster, this, that, and the other. But I think I think you can make an argument that them and the Giants, right, it's it's pretty similar, right? You goes, oh, Leonard Williams, he really hasn't played that well. You know, Thibodeau, same thing, right? You, you, you look at it, it's very similar. I think it's right now the, the coaching, and they're getting the best out of their players, right? They're putting them in a position to succeed, and the Bears, Allen Williams and company are not doing that. I'm just very invested or, or wanting to Dom Rob to keep going forward. 
And that dude's got talent. That dude's got hunger. That dude has, I, I don't know how, how high is up for him, but I think it could be pretty damn high. So put the, I, I would love to see him being put in the right so, position to be successful. Real quick, often. We'll, yeah, you can comment on that, but I want to also open it up a little bit broader beyond that uh, too. Understanding that these coaches, you know, probably spent the weekend, hopefully they got a little bit of off time, but they, Coach Eberflus said, like, we're looking at changes, you know, what changes would you make, whether it's with a guy like Dominique Robinson or elsewhere, what what moves would you make during this little mini-buy before they get back on the practice field Thursday? I, I think on the offensive line, right, we have to look at, at the tackle position right now, to be honest with you. I think we have to we have to put the best guys out there at tackle, right? If, if Riley Reef is one of them at this point, you got to play him, right? If you think he's better than Larry Borum or you think he's better on the left side than Braxton Jones and Braxton Jones might be better on the right side, I, I think you might have to do it at this point because um, I think – the thing is, Justin Fields took too many hits, right? He got pressured too much, especially at that left tackle position. You know, I know, uh, you know, I think you got to look at that. And then defensively, right? I think the left defensive end in base downs, we have to put a three technique out there. I think we have to have a guy that can play the run stout because most teams are attacking, you know, our right side of the formation, right? So, or or if we're going there, we put whoever that that tackle is at end at the strength of the formation every time. Right. And he's that he, he's that run beater. And we have to do that right now because we have to set the edge. I think those are the two things. And then I, I think you got you got to ha- start Travis Gibson, you know, in there. He's got to have more snaps than Al-Kadeem Muhammad, in my opinion. You know, I think he's the better player right now. And I think that's evident out there. So I think Dominique Robinson, you got to play him more than Al-Kadeem Muhammad. We just haven't seen it. Right. He had a breakout season last year, but he hasn't been performing like we thought he would, right, under basically the same scheme, you know, with with pretty much the same coaching staff that he had in Indy. So I, I think those are the two things. I think defensively that would help a lot. You know, you you put that you put that tackle at end in the strength of the formation, and you have him whoop the tight end, you have him whoop the tackle, and you have him set that line of scrimmage. And I think we'll we'll have a different run defense at, at that point, especially at at the point of attack. Well, and you know who else had a breakout season last year? Travis Gibson. Did they have the same amount of sacks? Seven sacks. He had one more. Yeah. He had seven sacks. Al-Kadim Muhammad had six. Yeah. You know, so. Right? <laughs> I, <laughs> like I, like I, I said, I, this is the, this is the same. This is basically the same as the Giants. Everyone's thinking, oh, they have studs and they have. It's, it's basically well, the same thing. I, right. That's what's annoying about it. Like, you were supposed to be the try-hard team that overachieves and gets dubs. And somehow you, you, you flusted it up. They, they, you look at, you look at these games, Carm. Look at these games, right? right? You look at the Minnesota game, right? That's a, that's a very winnable game. Could've the won way the they played in that could've... second half, right? right? The Minnesota... you, you look at the Giants game. That was a winnable game as well. You look at this past game. That's three wins right there. You, know, you win two out of those and you're looking pretty good right now, right? You're how feeling just, better about yourself. How about one of them? Can we just be sitting here at three and three? Yeah. yeah that's I mean, what, seriously, that's what's painful. And, and when you lose that one where you fall two games, well, 500, now you're like, okay. Not seeing 500 again yeah. the rest of the year, yeah, probably. Yeah, the, the, the Giants and the Commanders game, those those should have been wins, in my opinion, especially especially this Commanders one. Like, you got to win those games, right? Minnesota is a pretty good team, so it's, hey, you, you take that loss and you're fine with it. But those two games, got to come out with wins on those when they were really close. Corey, thank you so much for sticking around. I know we kept you longer than we said we would. Oh, no problem. No problem at all, fellas. But we appreciate our Mondays with you, and um, – Hey, next Monday is actually a game. We still got a week until the game. 
We got a lot yep. to do. That's a problem. How much? One last question. How much did you hate losing going into a bye week? Because I know this is oh, an official you, bye week, but it's like they're probably just eating at themselves all this entire time. It, exactly, especially when the game was that close and you know you should have won. It wasn't like a blowout, like the, the other team was that much better. It's like a game that you should have had. You had so many opportunities, it eats at you. And then you have an extra week thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, that's what I worry about. Coming off this extended bye, teams really aren't that good, right? And especially the Bears, a team that's struggling to get going and start fast. I think this works against their favor in this game. So I'm I'm kind of a little worried, you know, Bailey Zapp and company and and, and playing in Foxborough. I'm, no, I'm, I'm serious, man. I you know, know Bill Belichick finds a way to get it done, man. Like he does. Like he's like that Dable. Oh. Dable was under him. They know how to do it. Uh, I, I'm just laughing at the name. I'm not laughing at the terror <laughs> of taking on Bailey Zappi and, and the all of a sudden have found their way after starting one and three, but have won their last two and are not allowing anybody to score. New England, Bill Belichick, Patriots. The Bears are seven and a half point There's, underdogs. Right, they're seven and a half point underdogs. I, I, hope, I hope the headline after the game doesn't say, you got zapped. I hope it doesn't say that. No, I don't want that. Uh, I might be doing that, actually. That's a good, that's a yeah, good headline. It probably will be. All right, uh, we'll appreciate you, man. Enjoy the golf this appreciate afternoon. Appreciate you guys. See Thank you, you You're the best. Play I'll, well, see, I'll well. see you guys on Monday. All right, awesome. Yeah, Corey's going to be here next Monday. It's going to be great. Um, so there he is, Corey Wooten. Got a few more minutes here before we get out of here on this Monday show. Can, can we just uh, – Well, let's I don't just, like how he sided with you on my availability, though. I, like, you, you, you know, none of I us – I think as long as you're on the field playing – you just you need through it. You need to take it uh, as a compliment. Also, we just want more. We Thursday, <laughs> Thursday was was COVID protocols. Man, I had no control over that. I was ready to go. I've been ready. You know, there's a lot of uh, you're you're doing the right thing with the COVID protocols, but there's some people that you know they might just you know keep that swept under the rug and and just you know just show up. Maybe not like our social director. <laughs> <laughs> what? Good thing she wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just a cough. Just a cough. That, that, that's I'm, now I'm uncomfortable. Can we talk about fields <laughs> when we come back here after a second? Cause, oh yeah, we do have another break here. Don't yeah, we? we you got something you got to talk about? Yeah, no, we got to talk about our, our our brand new awesome sponsor that we have. Um, because you heard it right off the top, and we're in the green for our friends at DraftKings. Very excited to have DraftKings on board with us at CHGO. Um. And uh, we want to make sure that you make every play feel exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Um so make sure you check it out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up game, uh, same game parlays. I should say. Love the boost feature. Love yeah. it. Um, so if you you know you, there's a game tonight that you can check out, boost it, get it get it ready to go with DraftKings. If you again, if you're not signed up with them already, new customers, any five dollar NFL bet. If you're right, you get two hundred dollars in free bets. Uh, which is a pretty sweet deal. And to make it sweeter, you could throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once, uh, one game per day all season long. How about that? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO to get 
$200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So it's going to be a minute because we got to go beat the Patriots next Monday, and then we got to roll down to Dallas and take out the Cowboys on the 30th. But November the 6th, tailgate, CHGO, Bears, Dolphins. Hopefully the Bears will be going for more than their third win in that day. Uh, And I'm bringing that up alongside our friends at Chi-Town Cornhole, which uh, you can see our cornholes in action that day, but you should go get yourself one right now. They are the number one cornhole provider. What What did you just say? I don't know what I just said, I've, and I okay. now I'm scared. <laughs> but I, I think it was. I think po- you said people are going to see our cornholes in action, which in was action. very odd to hear. But that's fine. It's Monday. I, just, that's a loaf. Hashtag phrasing. A hashtag true, kind of, sort of, <laughs> a little bit. But let's just focus on the signature box style right now, which I think is a more important thing, which can be digitally printed. It's covered in vinyl. It can be painted. It's They're veteran-owned, and they're operating. These boxes are sweet. The, the Chi-Town Cornell is, just a, is a great way to upgrade your corporate life, corporate designs, companies next marketing or social events, a wedding gift, gifts for all occasions, tailgaters, as I've mentioned a hundred times already, Backyard Barbecues, uh, check out their website, ShytownCornhole.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. Check it out. Get yourself one. Your family, your friends, your loved ones, they'll appreciate you. All right, can we? Yeah. Yeah, what do you got? Well, I got this. You've got Justin Fields coming off of Thursday night. Throwing a touchdown pass to Dante Pettis, no interference. Throwing a touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney, drops it. Throwing an interception early in the game off the helmet, uh, riding the roller coaster, and then after the game saying things along the lines of, you know, I'm tired of almost getting there. All right? Yeah, yeah. Okay? And now, so now he's sitting here from Thursday to next Monday with Bill Belichick scheming for the Bears it's going to be a tough putt Monday night in New England. And I'm just wondering if I'm the only one that's wondering. I know I'm not the only one. But how much are we wondering about just the overall mental state of fields? Not, not, nothing more than that. Like, he's, well, and, and I don't even think we have to, like, get in the weeds of, like, you know, literally his mental state. But just, like, I would just... At what point is he is he also blaming what's around him? I think, he's I think already, it's human nature. He's already doing it, right? Like, look at look at okay. If you're Bill Belichick, and you turn on the tape, probably about this time right now, actually today, because you just got done grading your film from yesterday, you're turning the page now to the Chicago Bears. Okay, okay. What are you scared of? Right. We got to make sure we don't let Darnell Mooney open. I think the one thing you're scared of when you're playing the Bears right now is, okay, let's try to keep Fields in the pocket. Right, that's what I would say. Is yeah. I don't even think you need to double Darnell Mooney, but, okay, maybe Brack, have to help over the top every once in a while. Put your best corner on him. You're good to go. Don't let Justin Fields out of the pocket. Even the running game. Like, the Bears have good running backs. I don't – what scares you? You can load the box every week 
and just play like basic defense because right you Which you, is, you give up two to three yards. Here and there on the carry, so these running backs, it's like, just don't let the big home run happen, which has happened. I mean, Khalil Herbert did break that 60-yarder, but, like, so what? They can't score once they get to the end zone. Or red zone, I mean. Don't just don't let them in the end zone, and you're good. That's how it's proved out. Yeah. And certainly last week was a awful underlining of that. I, I just look at it like you... You sort of, it was a huge roll of the dice for polls, which I supported at the time, so I don't want to be hypocritical at all. But, like, okay, your first two picks, you went defense, you thought that was the best value, they were the best players there. But I just, I wonder how much he factored in the mental state of the quarterback to get through a year like this when he's getting cracked all the time and receivers are just dropping balls left and right and no one's getting open. And, and you're going into now year three. I mean, it's... You're really asking a lot for this for Fields to both a develop and and uh, you know get better fundamentally, learn the offense, and also keep himself sane through the process and continue to believe in himself. You you need somebody with a lot of self confidence to get through this year, and I hope he has it. I think he does, but some of the body language and some of this, not even the body language. I don't care about the body language, but it does inform you a little bit of what's going on. He's a human being out there, and it's totally fine. But when he says stuff afterwards, like I'm getting tired of getting almost there, that's pretty damn clear. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't care if it's right after the game. I mean, I think it's 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 pretty obvious where he's at, and it's he's a, he's a frustrated dude right now. And I can't blame him, I guess, is what I'm saying. And, right. and and for the record, like, I feel like this needs to be said almost every show. I still am a believer. Like, yeah. I, I, there are not many Bears quarterbacks that, A, could have even finished that game against Washington, make the plays he did with his legs, still had some big chunk plays through the air, you, you know. And, yes, there's a lot of bad that's coming with it. Yes, the numbers show that he's like basically the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. He has been doing a lot with very little around him, in my opinion. And yes, there's been plenty of bad sprinkled in there. Certainly could have had, you know, at least one touchdown because I still think the Ryan Griffin play, I understand the guy didn't run the route perfectly. Bad job. I think 30 NFL quarterbacks still make the right throw to him or a good enough throw to him that where it turns into a touchdown. So again, I like him. I think this is an awful situation he's in. If he somehow comes through it, I think the bears are going to have a special quarterback. I still think so. Did you watch Cowboys Eagles last night? Yes. Did you watch Jalen hurts? I was too worried about uh, Tony Pollard, not getting 1.8 more points. (laughs) And me losing my fantasy game, which, by the way, he came- for all you think I'm hating on Justin Fields, I lost my fantasy game this week because I played him over Trevor Lawrence. So don't tell me I'm a doubter. That's was a bad job. <laughs> this is what that was. But- he still got 18 fantasy points in that game. Okay. Which, by the way, I know is an extremely flawed way to look at quarterback play. Sometimes it's not. If you're still putting up fantasy numbers, it means you're doing something right. He had, we underlined it. He had a great, he had a very good second half. Like Jalen Hurts was a good fantasy quarterback who is now a good quarterback. Okay. Can that still happen for Justin Fields? Well, but I'm just watching the Eagles last night. Like, why couldn't the Bears look like that in a year? Because they would literally have to add a total of 10 good linemen on both sides of the ball. 
Yes, agreed. That's why. But I'm saying at least quarterback-wise, having somebody functioning running the offense, yeah. he's not doing anything special. He's just solid. Am I it, missing it something? It still bothers me that the Bears didn't draft Jalen Hurts. People totally overthought that guy. Yeah. If anyone paid attention to what he did when he left Alabama and went to Oklahoma, the dude was a quarterback. And, and now, But the big difference to me, to answer your question, is he is playing behind a really good offensive line. And they have a good defensive lineman. I mean, he's sitting there doing RPO and 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 has a, you know the threat that he's going to run. And basically, okay, as I'm handing it off, there's a spot there, and we're picking up five six, and the offense is moving and got a little dicey. I mean, they didn't do anything, and they, and they're 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 six and zero. Oh. So I, I, my point is this: he I don't I don't he doesn't have to be elite. He's well, I think we've all seen if you if you're looking for a referendum on the quarterback, which seemingly everybody seemingly everyone is. I think he has shown you to this point that he is, if they had talent around him, he'd be good enough. I'm not saying he'd be elite. I'm just saying he'd be good enough. I think, I think we've seen yeah. that. So, but, I also, but I worry about, like, A, getting the talent around him, and B, like, where he is going to be at at the end of this run. I worry about him finishing the season. Right. That's like, I worry about him taking one hit against the Patriots next week, and now you don't have the opportunity to evaluate him for the last 10 games. And then what do you do in the offseason? If this is the only evaluation you have of him right now, I th- I, you, 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 you're, 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 you're telling me you're not looking at quarterbacks in the draft? You might. You might. You know, like, that puts you in a tough spot. So, I, I don't know. He, let's but can I have another hot take here? Yeah, go ahead. He, to me, know. the only thing more annoying than people talking about their fantasy teams are people who then go, I don't care about your fantasy team. That's worse than... No, no, no. That is yeah, not worse. Yeah, it is. No. No. Yeah. No, it's become hearing, so... Hearing about other people's fantasy teams is literally the most boring thing in the world. Okay, but there are... People need to understand that there are actually uh, football conversations that come from fantasy football. And and I and I honestly think Jalen Hurts did, is you, one of the... You did a nice job blending it, and you didn't, you didn't sit there and harp forever on... Uh, uh, Tony Pollard, so good job. No, I mentioned it. Yes. And then I got into right. Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. Right. Which literally everyone talks about every day. Right. But don't ever be the guy that just thinks that people are interested in your fantasy team. I, I am not. Okay. I'm more annoyed with like what it's become where it's now become taboo to just be like, you're not allowed to talk about fantasy football. Fantasy football is one of the most lucrative you're allowed, industries that exist right now. People care about it. You are most definitely allowed to talk about it, but you it's it's in a select corner of people that like are in your league. Everybody loves fantasy football. Everybody sits there every Sunday agonizing over their fantasy teams, and then there's this crowd that goes, You're not allowed to talk about it. Chat, one for you want more. One is you want Hogue to talk about his fantasy team more. That's Two, not what I'm saying. I am saying people want to hear about fantasy football. One, you want to hear more and, about fantasy football. bad fo- beats in fantasy football are fun to listen to. I love hearing about agonizing bad beats in fantasy football. I'm done with fantasy you football. You think anybody... Like five, yeah, that's now. another take I have. People yeah. who say they don't want to hear about your fantasy team, you know why? They suck at fantasy football. I, oh, no, I, I didn't I don't even say what football. two was. They're already voting two. <laughs> What is two? <laughs> two? Two was that he'll never mention fantasy ever again on the show. No, that wasn't two. But that'd, be, that'd be good. I'm good with that. Uh, I'll smash the two on that one. Hey, smash the like button, everyone. What are we doing here? Come on, hit the like button, please. Thank you. That's do all. you? 
we appreciate you watching and likes and subscribes are essential to what we do. Okay. No, we're not allowed according to the votes, we're never allowed to talk about fantasy football. I mean it's it's again. it's again. Well thanks chat. Appreciate you. There you go. I mean that was a strong backing up there. Okay. Thank you, Brian Rosenthal, for the smashing. It's my guy. Uh was anybody listening? We were talking about Justin Fields. We were, and then you went on this whole yeah, yeah, diatribe yeah. on fantasy <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> because people were mad that I brought up Justin Fields' fantasy points. Yeah, but you you also, you you boiled in Pollard. You boiled in your day. You, you walked in here today. You're like, I was, I was 1.3 points. So it, was a, it, was a, it was a whole thing. You're, you're hype. It's, would you, there we go. One, would you rather hear, we'll do it one more time. One, would you rather hear about Hoag's fantasy team? Or two, would you rather hear about Karm's standing in, the, in, in, his, in his tennis league? Two for Karm three. tennis that's league. A, that's a three for me. One, no, no, no. One, two, uh, two options. No, we don't want to hear about either of those things. We're talking Bears. Bears. Well. How's the Bermuda grass holding up? That's all I care about. <laughs> people who whine about hearing about fantasy football and people who try to program the show every day. Those are my pet peeves. Thank you. Sam H., you're my guy. I want to go to lunch with you so we can talk tennis. Let's go. Why not both? There we go. Thank you, my guy. I care about your tennis. You do, and I love your fantasy team officially because you Thank care. Thank you. I be, now I want to hear more. I want to know. I want to I, call me up before you make your decisions. Let me know what, what battles you're having. You should. I wish you would have called last week. We could, we could have talked through Fields and uh, and Trevor. It was that, a gut decision. You went gut. You know what? You know what honestly happened though, and it has to do with this show. Was I was agonizing over it, and I was leaning towards Fields, so I put him in the lineup knowing I had to come on with you guys right before the game was started at the start of our live stream on Thursday night. And then we had a little bit of the technical problems. I was never on right before the game started. Totally forgot about it. Game started. Justin Fields locked in the lineup. That's the truth. Did you do it for show content? So really, you're the reason why Justin Fields was in my fantasy lineup. Uh, well, well um, I was trying to do it for fantasy content. I was going to bring it up on the pregame show and let you guys decide. That's actually true. I would have told you to um, play Trevor. I would see. <laughs> so I, it's all e camp. I'd like all. to think that I would have said that. I'm pretty certain I would have. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at the Car, at Corey Wooten. Thank you everybody for watching. Sincerely, whatever you want to hear about or not hear about, whatever. Go to DraftKings. Use code CHGO. Uh, we're here all week. Alfredo, I'm the second best t- ping pong player in this office. I just got to oh, take down Nick. What? I beat you. Oh, boy. Wow. Yes. Did I not beat you? Uh, we'll be playing momentarily. <laughs> See? And now this is where I'm the guy who says, who cares? Because I <laughs> suck at ping pong and don't want to hear about your ping pong. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. We're, we got a big thing planned. Or we're working on it. Or should we yeah, we have, a, we have a draft coming tomorrow. You want to be here for tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. I don't know if fun's the right word. It's going to be fun. <laughs> You want to be here every day, but tomorrow's going to be... Uh, Fun and painful at the same time. We're going back in time. Back in time. Uh, with, uh, we're going to draft the worst Bears losses... Since 2011. Since 2011, since George took over as president CEO. And we can cha- Actually, this is a good exercise for some crowdsourcing. Tweet at us your most painful losses. Most painful Bears loss since 2011. So at post NFC Championship game, right? Because that one obviously is probably number one. Right, we're taking that out because <laughs> so we, starting after that, 
Um, you can tweet at us at Adam Hogue at the car at CHGO underscore bears. Uh, and we will, I forgot about the super chat. I yeah. had thrown this in the favorite. What's from Daniel? Uh, what's up, Daniel? He asked what other changes you'd make on the starting roster. I mean, there's, I don't even know where we start with that. Like half of the them. problem is yeah, too many of them aren't starters. Yeah. Like any wide receiver, not named Arnell Mooney. Thank you, Daniel, by the way. I, I don't care what the change is, but I, I'd like to see something different happen on the offensive line. Either you can't keep throwing that number five out there. You, 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 or, I mean, sorry, that starting five. Yeah, they, s- they, something, they, something, something different. Use your – you guys are supposed to be well, – Ryan Poles is offensive line genius, and Luce, you know what you're doing, brother, and Luke, so do you. Something's got to look a little different coming I, out of this. I just don't understand. You signed Lucas Patrick to be your center. Right, there you go. That's You see. literally signed him to be your center. You played him there all offseason. You started training camp with him there, and now you're refusing to play him at center when he hasn't played well at guard. If he was the best left guard in the entire NFL right now, I'd be like, okay, fine, keep him there. He hasn't played well there. He played better last week. I'll give him that. No. No? And oh. No. Okay. If you if play you, him at the position, I'm not gonna, you I'm not, signed I'm him not gonna, to play. I, I uh, all I said was better for him from the first week, but no. okay, that's fine. I agree with you. Put him at center. That's where you wanted him. That's what was talked about. You, I, I have no problem with it. Let, let that be change one. Lucas Patrick's gonna be the center the rest of the week. Good. Let's figure go. it out from there. Let's go. Start right. there. Figure it out from there. Right. I, I'm so sick of having that conversation. It, you signed him to be your center. Let him be your center. If Alex Leatherwood is healthy enough to play back from mono, I would play him. There you go. Left guard. Start him. Boom. It's it, an interesting comment by Angela. Do you don't you guys think the Bears are doing a soft tank this season? I don't think the team is, but you could make an argument that the way they went about the roster. Well, I definitely don't think they were trying to be good, but I don't think they're actively trying to uh, lose games. But, but right, so so in essence, a soft tank could be a soft okay, tank. Okay, fine, Angel. Yes, Angelo, <laughs> Angelo. I think you nailed it, my friend. Soft tank. Soft tank. Soft tank. We're in a soft tank. All right. Um, we, that's a, We'll that's, be back that's tomorrow. A, that's a depressing way to end the show. I think we already figured out what the number number one overall pick is going to be in the draft tomorrow. That's fine. Yeah. I don't know who has the pick, but, uh, yeah, that's probably going to be it. We're out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Be there. Chad, you were awesome today. Appreciate everybody.